Well, Happy New Year. We made it. 2021. Here we are. I was talking this morning. I was like, I wonder how many people are going to accidentally say 2020, right? You know, how many times do you ever do that? When you start writing, remember back in the day before you did text, you wrote, you, you know, you do 2020, you know, and you have to exit out and then it's 2021. But Happy New Year. So glad that you're here. Excited uh, about this morning and sharing with you about God's presence. We're going to talk today about the power that we experience in God's presence. I'm going to ask you to open up your Bible, Psalms 16. We're going to get there in just a minute. <clears throat> but before we do, I want to take a minute and I want to celebrate. You know, when we started regathering in June, there was so much that transpired from June until uh, just celebrating uh, this past Christmas. And I want to take a minute to thank our serve team. Honestly, you are so amazing. So grateful for you. You're the real heroes. You're the ones that make it happen on a weekly basis. As they put this little photo, these photos together, I was reminded of some of the different events. I mean, we had, I, I can't, even, I was like, man, I totally forgot. We did a blood drive. All these people giving blood. <clears throat> Excuse me, we we're out at Irwin Park when we had our serve day. We we're serving our uh, first responders and our, our uh, workers in the hospital. Uh, all the way through our Christmas services, all those who serve. Really, it's you that make the difference. It's not about anyone on the platform. It's not about me or any individual person. Really, what I want to do is celebrate you. You are the hero. You, thank you for being the church. Thank you for loving people well, serving people well. Yeah, come on, give yourself a round of applause. That's right. I know it's, it's kind of like, what do they say, you know, pat yourself on the back. You're it, and thank you for being the church. Thank you for living out what we talk about all the time. It's real simple. You hear us say, reaching people, building lives. We, keep, we kind of even summarize it even more. It's basically just reach. Build, repeat. That's what we're going to do is we continue to serve our city, Collin County, this community, this area, and we see transformation happen in people's lives. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for all of you. Thank you for the way you serve others so well. Big events like Serve Day, but on a weekly basis. Thank you for all you do. So very grateful for you. Well, Psalm 16, we're going to get there in just a little bit, but as I thought about this message and I thought about you, I was thinking about... Just kind of what, we're, what we've just come out of and where we're headed. And I started thinking about 2021. I started thinking about you and, and actually a couple of weeks ago thinking and praying about, God, what do you have in store for us? And I started thinking about God's presence, the importance of God's presence in our life. You know, presence is so important. Atmospheres, they're so important. We're always looking for the right atmosphere, the right environment. You know what I'm talking about? We just got done. In fact, I'll show you. I'll show you how important it is, how we work so hard for just creating the right moment. Right, So maybe this is something similar you experience. How about Christmas dinner? Right, Christmas dinner. Maybe this is what your table looked like. Maybe it was, had a few uh, less people. Maybe it had more people. Maybe you're like, I hate those decorations. Who did that? That's terrible. Get that out of here. You know, we need more red. I don't know. You know, whatever it may be. Uh, and maybe it looked like that. But, you know, when I think about this, this season, this is one of my favorite times of the year. Now, yes, because of Christmas, Yes, because of my kids, but, you know, last week started one of the best times for me, and it's bowl season. It's just football on all of the time, and maybe some of you, you work really hard. Maybe this is obviously pre-COVID, right, because all this would be individually wrapped, you know, nowadays. You know, now it's like back in the day. Now, I've never been to a party like this 
If you make one of these, but if you do, just let me know because I'll come and I'll be a part. You know, I don't care. It don't have to be individually wrapped. I will stay. I mean, give me the chips. Give me the, just give it all to me. I had someone, they text me, uh, you know, these Ohio State fans are infiltrating uh, this area, this region. It's California and Ohio State. And I'm like, Lord, help them. They know not what they do. They're texting me. You know, all of this Ohio State, Ohio State. I'm like, hook them horns. You know, no, Ohio State. They're like, Pastor Chris, can we push prepare back one week? Because Ohio State's going to win the national championship. I said, man, I got to record it. It'll be there when you get home, you know. You, you can drink a smoothie or have soup, you know, that night, you know, as you're celebrating, you know. It's like, but I love it. You know, my kids, though, not so much. I got little girls. So we're home, and I'm I'm getting ready. I'm like, well, we got a football game on tonight. We're ready to go. I'm just chilling. I'm, I'm at home in Austin with my parents. I'm ready. I'm excited. And my girls come in. They go, Daddy, I want to watch Ballet Austin. The Nutcracker live stream is on. I said, no. No. I want football. I want football. I said, okay, 15 minutes. And people dancing around and being mice and and, and soldiers, and we'll do, okay, enough, now go to bed, okay, we love you, all right, we're going to watch, well, okay, so, so whether it's Christmas dinner, you work to create the right environment, if it's a party, or, or maybe you don't like football, okay, all right, you're like, I hate football, all right, well, I'm sure you've hosted a party, you, you work really hard to create the right environment, <clears throat> the right atmosphere, but I started thinking about kind of a new uh, experience that a lot of people really put a lot of energy and effort into, and, and, you know, so this is really going to apply to, if any of you in here, you're, you're single or you're dating and you're kind of looking at that new season of life and what it may look like, I'm just telling you, the game has been upped for you. I, I can remember back in the day when it was real simple, you know, just, you, you just kind of, when you found that girl, you just said, you know, well, you may, you just got down on a knee, you just proposed, and it was like, man, yes, and you're crying, and maybe if you had enough foresight, you got someone out there to take a picture. But nowadays, if you're getting engaged in the season we're in now, this is what you have to compete with. Folk on the side of mountains, people are on the side of mountains getting engaged. I'm thinking about the person taking the picture. I mean, is that, is, are they like repelling, hanging off the side of a mountain? I mean, anything for the shot, you know what I mean? I'm like, I was talking to someone earlier. I was like, is that what you're going to do? And he was like, no, nah, I'll fall off the mountain. I mean, I won't even be able to make it to my wedding. I'll just fall right off, you know? It's like, I mean, we work so hard. Think about it. We all do it. You may, all right, what's the point, Pastor Chris? What's the point? It, here's the point is that we all work so hard to create the right environment, the right experience for ourselves, for our loved ones, for our kids, for the people that mean the most to us in our life. And as we come into 2021, we're thinking, what are the moments that we're going to experience? How am I going to create this environment, this moment, this experience that just really changes and impacts 2021? And I just want to tell you, it's not going to be a New Year's resolution. It's not going to be a fad, a diet, a job, a transition, a change. It's not going to be your kids, you know, just doing the things you've asked them to do. It's not going to be you finally uh, ending one season and stepping into something new. And none of those things, because what we're looking for is the right atmosphere, the right environment. Why? Because it's in those environments, that atmosphere dictates how we feel. Well, none of those things are going to change the atmosphere like the one thing that can, God's presence. 
God's presence. It's his presence that changes everything. It's what we really want. It's what we want for our kids. We want them to experience God's presence. It's what we want for those we love the most. We want them to experience God's presence. I was thinking about a few weeks ago, I was, I was speaking to the youth, and I was actually talking to, to, to Elevate, and I was talking about God's presence and the power of God's presence. And it got me thinking and even praying and believing for you and for this moment. Because make no mistake, the greatest need for our soul is God's presence in our life. The greatest need for our soul is God's presence in our life. But we have to understand about God's presence. Now, I'm going to make it real practical for you here in just a little bit. But on the way to Psalm 16, on the way to making it real practical for you, I want to give you an overview of why understanding God's presence the importance of God's presence in our life, understanding that, and I want us to look at the Old Testament and then look all the way from the Old Testament to where we are now. You see, when you think of God's presence, God always longed for us to be in his presence, and he always longed to be in our presence. It all started in the garden. You look at the garden, you look back at the garden, and when you look back to the garden where it all started, here it is, God is walking. It says that he walked in the cool of the day. And you're thinking, man, I sure like that because I know come August. Right now, I like the cold weather. You know, come August, it's going to be nice and hot down here in Texas. Okay? In the cool of the day, it says that God walked in the garden with Adam and Eve. He had a relationship with them. He engaged and interacted with them. I was listening to something this morning. It was talking about the power of walking. And it talked about not only the power of walking for you, your own health, by yourself, but it talked about the power of walking with someone else. Something just happens when you're on a walk with someone because walking is actually connective when you're doing it with someone else. That's why you, 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 you read in the Bible, you see this phrase, Moses walked with God. Enoch walked with God. There's this aspect of walking with God. God longs to walk with us. He longs to be in our presence. He longs for you to be in his presence. That's how he designed it. But then something happened. Adam and Eve, sin comes into the world, and now there's this fracture. It's broken. There's this broken relationship. And so now God's presence is not easily accessible. Now he's there when the people need him, but it's not consistent. It's not ongoing. It's not a part of what's constantly happening. And then God's presence comes to a man named Moses. Some of you know the story of Moses. Moses is on the backside of a mountain, and he's just tending to his sheep. And there's a bush that's on fire, but it's not consumed, and God is there. And speaks to Moses and says, I want you to go, and I want you to set my people free because they're living in slavery in Egypt. So Moses does that. Moses goes, the Israelites leave Egypt, and they're walking through the desert. It says that they walked for 40 years through the desert. And it says that God's presence was with them by a cloud by day and a fire by night. That's how his presence was expressed to them in that season, in that moment. So remember how it all started. God walked with them. Sin comes into the world. Now there's this fracture. It's broken. So now he engages with them in periodic ways and in different ways does he show and express his presence in their life. Well, as they're traveling and as they continue to move on, they have what's called the tabernacle. It eventually becomes the temple. And what that was is one person, one day, 
one time a year, he would go, and it was the priest that would go and into the presence of God would, would make sacrifice and offering and engage with God in his presence on behalf of the people. And so what was happening is there was an attempt from the outside in. I'm trying to change what's going on on the outside to connect and impact with a God who wants a relationship with me and bring a transformation to the inside. That's, that's what happens. And then... You get to the end of the Old Testament, and there's actually silence. There was 400 years of silence. But then God did something. He broke this cycle. He broke this cycle that, that we were in, and what did he do? Well, we just celebrated it. We, we, we read, and you can look in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. It says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see, this is the heart of what it all means. We have access to his incredible presence. Why? Because we couldn't get to God, and so God came to us. He broke the cycle. We couldn't be in his presence. We couldn't interact with him the way he wanted to. And so what did he do? He came to us. That's the power of what we just got done celebrating in Christmas. That's the power of Jesus coming and making a difference and doing what only he could do. You see, he comes, why? Because he wants to be with us. He wants us to be in his presence, and he wants to be in our presence. And so we're going to look at Psalm 16, because David is writing here in Psalm 16. And he says something amazing about God's presence and what it looks like. Because I want, again, I want you to understand how people interacted with God's presence, the importance of God's presence, the purpose of God's presence, starting all the way back from the very beginning in God's intentional design. And now we have the words of David. David is writing here, Psalm 16, verse 11. And this is what he says. Psalm 16, verse 11, he says this. I'm going to read it from here. He says, you make known to me the path of life, and in your presence there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Now we've talked about joy. We've looked at joy. We've talked about hope and joy over the last few weeks. But here's what I really want you to dial into. I want you to dial into the word fullness. You see, because so many of us right now, we're in a season where you don't feel very full. Now, you may feel full because you've eaten a lot. I know I ate a lot. I definitely had my fill of sweet treats, as my kids like to call them, over the last few weeks. More than I should have, okay? Just be honest. But you don't feel full in life. You feel empty. You feel at the end of yourself. You feel like, man, I'm so ready for 2021. You know, 2020, thank God. I mean, it's amazing. Everyone posting on New Year's Day, New Year's Eve. Hey, thank goodness, 2020 is gone. 20, in reality, 2020 is no different than any other year. You go, well, what are you talking about? I mean, global pandemic. I mean, shelter in place, all the masks, this, that, and the other. No, no, I'm talking about the uncertainty of what every day brings. You know not what today brings. You know not what tomorrow brings. In fact, no one is promised tomorrow. But here's what we do know. I don't know what 2021 holds, but I know who holds 21 in the palm, 2021 in the palm of his hand. His name is Jesus. And that's where we find our hope. That's where we find our joy. And the truth is, that's where, what, that's where we can be full. We, there's a fullness of joy. Where does it come from? This path of life. David's saying, look, there's a way in which to live our life. 
that you've laid out for us that we can live. And he makes it plain to us. He, he, what is, why does he do that? He's making a way. You make known to me. He's not hiding. See, some of us, we have this hard time in engaging with the presence of God because we think he's just ethereal, something out there, not really to be obtained. We know there kind of is a God, you know, this intelligent design, whatever. But again, no, no. He makes known to us. That means he wants to engage with us. He wants to reveal himself to us. <clears throat> and there's a promise that we have in that. Jesus even states this promise. Matthew 28, verse 20 says, Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So not only does he make his presence known to us, he'll never leave us. He says, I'm always with you. I'm always going to be with you. I'm always going to be available. I'm always going to be accessible. I'm always going to be here for you. And so not only is he always there, there's a way in which we can come into his presence. Because when you think about God's presence, you think, man, what does that mean? Can I be in God's presence? I mean, he's a holy God. Yes, he's a holy God. But he wants to be in your presence, and he wants you to be in his presence. He wants to be with you and near to you. Paul writes in Ephesians 3, verse 12, he says this, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently in God's presence. You see, you don't have to come tepid. You don't have to come insecure. You don't have to come worrisome. You don't have to go, oh, well, I mean, can I? I you can come boldly. It's kind of like your kids. For some of you, you got some real bold kids. They got demands. You ever notice that? They, they, got, they come in, they're like, hey, I need this. I need that. I'm like, you don't need that. I've got one. I'm not going to throw her under the bus. Her name. These are her two favorite sayings right now. We had a little talk about it on the way home. I'm bored and I'm starving. You are not starving. I'll tell you that right now, child. And secondly, you're not bored. You got plenty of things to do. In fact, you got two built-in parties right next to you called sisters, okay? So you're only bored if you choose not to engage with your sisters, Thank you. I will. I preach better when you shout me down. Listen, I'm just telling you. What, what ends up happening is you can come boldly into the throne. You can come boldly to God, but we feel like, oh, I can't. I don't know. No, no, no. Your kids come bold. Why? Because you're their parent. You're their provider. You're their covering. And so they find security in that to come boldly to you. My littlest one right now, she's really, I can't remember. I heard it. Oh, it's on Boss Baby. Okay, I'm not promoting. I don't know if the show's good or not in the movie, but they watch it, and I just heard it in the background. You know, and she'll come up to me, and she'll go, upsies. That's like her thing. I'm like, upsie, oh, upsie you all day long. Come here, girl. I'm going I'm to hold you. Can I, you know, why? She just comes boldly. She has come, why, to her heavenly, or to her father, her earthly father. But what does that have? When she engages with me that way, that gives her confidence to know she can do the same with her heavenly father. You see, you can come boldly to the throne. There's a couple of ways that we interact with God's presence. First is understanding the omnipresence of God, meaning he's all around us. He's always been there from the beginning. When, when, whether you were serving the Lord or not serving the Lord, he was always there. He was always around. So we kind of understand that, but the next way in which we engage with God's presence, this is where we kind of get hung up, and it's the manifest presence of God. 
experiencing God's presence in our life. And we all need it. I don't care how long. Wendy's always like, don't say I don't care. That sounds so like I do care, okay? You know, she's like, you know, she's helping me, right? I, I, could, I could feel her staring at me because I said I don't care. She's like, you can't say that, okay? I'm sorry. I mean, I do care. I care about all of you, okay? The point is this. You may have been serving the Lord for a long time. You may have just got saved yesterday. We all need more of God's presence in our life. I've been serving Jesus for 22 years. I've been in full-time ministry for over 20 years, serving God, building the kingdom. I need his presence in my life more today than I did yesterday. I need it. And that manifest presence, that's where we get hung up because we go, well, I, I mean, I know God's like there, he's around, but how do I have that? How do I get the manifest presence when God shows up and interacts and engages in our life? That happened to me when I was 19 years old. I'm driving home. I feel empty on the inside. I feel like emotionally I'm bankrupt. I, I was like emotionally I'd hit rock bottom. Nothing tragic or crazy had happened. But I was just tired of the way I was living. And I'm driving home. I, why? Because I feel the manifest presence of God. And I get home and I kneel by my bed and I surrender my life to Jesus. I say, God, I'm tired of the way I'm living. I give you my life today and never look back. You can experience that. You probably have experienced that. You can experience that. Whether you've been serving Jesus for years, your whole life, or you just started serving Jesus last week, we all need more of his presence in our life. So how do we do it? I told you I was going to make it real practical over the next few minutes. I'm going to give you some practical things that we can do that you can do to experience God's presence in your life in a greater way. Because that's the thing we need in 2021. That's my prayer for you. This year, that's my prayer for you moving forward, that you experience his presence in your life like never before. But for some of us, when you hear that, you think that, man, more of God's presence in my life. How do, what, how, where, where do I go? How do I do? Where do I get that? Well, here's the first thing. If we're going to understand the power of experiencing God's presence in our life, the first thing that we have to recognize, we have to understand what does God's presence do? What does it do for us? You see, when we don't understand the purpose of something, when we don't understand what something actually does, we don't prioritize it. We don't make it priority because we don't understand the importance of it. It's why in a few months or in a few weeks, we're going to have what we call our battle of the sexes retreat for students. It talks about purity. Talks about relationships, talks about dating. Why is that so important? Because so many young people don't understand the importance of purity. Well, then they don't prioritize it. And we wonder why. And you want to know why I know that? Because that's how I lived before I knew Jesus and met him at 19 years old. You see, when we don't understand the importance of God's presence in our life, we don't prioritize it. We don't see the, the need for it. We don't, we don't prioritize why it should be important in our life. And what we're all looking for is to try to find this internal peace that can only come from his presence. You look, and uh, some of the most downloaded apps are these apps that have to do with self-peace and self-meditation. and bring. I mean, there's calm, there, there's uh, mindset, there, there's all these different ones that are like the top-rated, uh, basically, the, these meditation apps that we're trying to accumulate and gather peace. It's not going to happen from the outside in. It's from the inside out. Peace is his presence. That presence is the presence of a person. His name is Jesus. It's more of his presence in our life that brings peace. You're not going to find it 
in a download. You're not going to find it in an app. You're not going to find it in a new job. You're not going to find it in a job title. You're not going to find it in getting a raise. You're not going to find it in finally uh, getting the relationship you thought you always wanted. You're not going to find it in a New Year's resolution, in a diet, and losing weight, becoming more organized, getting out of debt. All those things, great, well and good. Do them all. But it's not going to give you the thing you're looking for. You're looking for peace, and that peace comes in his presence. You see, it's in his presence is the fullness of joy. That's what his presence does. So you understand, okay, all right, I, I need to prioritize that because what I'm really looking for is not all these things, it's not all these experiences and all these things that are going to help me obtain this peace. It's really in his presence. But we also have to understand that sometimes there are some things that keep us from experiencing his presence in our life. There are things that actually keep us from experiencing his presence in our life. Because what happens is we think that it's, it's about the intellect. The more I know, the more information I have, it's not, it's experiential, it's relational. You see, we go to God often for direction when God has always come to us for connection. I talk to people often and, and I get it, I understand they're like, Pastor Chris, pray, pray, pray with me, pray for me. Like, I'm looking at this, should I take this job or that job? I'm praying for this new position, this new role. This, pray, pray, pray. We want God to give us direction. When in reality, what he wants is connection. He'll give us direction. He wants to give us wisdom. But what he really wants is to be in our presence and for us to be in his presence. Like my children, look, I'll give them direction. I'll point them in the right direction. Do I want them to pick up their stuff? Yes, because it's all over the place, and I'm tired of picking it up. But you know what I really want? Upsies. And I want to pick them up and connect with them and have connection and relationship with them. That's what God wants with you. But there's a couple of things that keep us from that. First is guilt and shame. You think guilt and shame. Well, I'm starting there because so often the things that we do, we think, well, man, I feel shameful. Guilty about what I've done and, and who I am. Why would God want to be in my presence? He already knows. It is human nature to run from God when we make a mistake, and it's always God's nature to draw us close. I've talked about it before multiple times about the garden. Adam and Eve sinned. They didn't listen to God. They ate from the tree that he had told them specifically not to eat from. And he didn't show up onto the scene going, what'd you do? We've all made that mistake sometimes with our children. You know what he did? He showed up and said, where are you? I'm looking for you. Where are you? I want to be near. God always draws us near, yet we'll always have a tendency to pull away. Guilt and shame. You feel guilty and shameful for what you've done or the things you've experienced. And so that'll keep you from engaging and entering into God's presence, what, boldly and confidently, like Paul wrote in Ephesians 3. Well, Well, sometimes... What ends up happening is we have this self-sufficiency. Self-sufficiency and really self-sufficiency and the next one, distractions go hand in hand. Those keep us from God's presence. We live in an affluent area, okay? We live in an area, it's like I tell my little one, that's like, I'm starving. I'm like, you are not starving. Trust me, you don't know what starving is, okay? We are blessed beyond, but we live in a fluent area. And what happens is we think we don't need God. 
We don't need you. I'm smart enough. I'm experienced enough. I've done enough. I've been around it enough. No, 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 no. We need God's presence in our life. And the more we rely on ourselves, and the more we accumulate things and busy ourselves, the more distracted and self-sufficient we become. And we fail to realize the very thing that we need is not more stuff, not more busyness, not more things, not more experience. We need God's presence. Because that is what will transform us. But maybe pain. Pain will keep people from experiencing God's presence. Pain of your past. Pain of the things that people have done to you or, or said about you. Pain from the mistakes that you've made, the consequences that you've experienced. But every time you continue to think about your past and you just dwell on it, you now bring your past into your present. And it will keep you from moving forward and experiencing God's presence. But here's one maybe you've never thought of. Our past traditions. Our past traditions. You see, I was in the church that, that I grew up in yesterday, and, and in, in that particular uh, heritage, there's a, there's a certain lens and thought about what it looks like to experience God's presence. And so if it doesn't look a certain way, you may have experienced God's presence before. And so your thought is this, is that Every time you experience God's presence, it has to look that way. Well, if that's how you view God's presence, you just might miss him. Like so many missed Jesus when he showed up on the scene. Because he didn't show up when they thought, and he didn't show up like they thought. They thought he was going to, hey, the Messiah, he's going to come and dominate and rule and take over. They thought he's going to show up like some jack buff dude with a sword and just, come on, let's go to war and dominate and just... He showed up like a baby. There was one Old Testament prophet thought that the Messiah would show up in the form and in the context of like a, 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 a natural disaster, a tornado or an earthquake or a, or a hurricane. You see, Jesus shows up in ways that we don't expect. And when we are viewing through a certain lens and think he can only come a certain way, we just might miss his presence when he's wanting to reveal himself to us. He wants to be in our presence. But how does his presence work? How does it work? How does it work in our life? So, so we recognize what it does. It gives us peace that only his presence can give us. We recognize what may hold us back, but, but how does it work? How does it work in our life? Well, first is this, believe. You may think, well, that's, that's obvious, Pastor Chris. I mean, come on, believe. No, believe that God himself, the creator of heaven and earth, who holds the universe in the palm of his hand, wants to be in your presence, wants to be with you, wants to spend time with you, wants to engage with you. He wants to be in your presence, and he wants you to be in his presence. And, 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 and not like, oh, a checklist, like, okay, maybe you've got a good rhythm and routine when it comes to your disciplines and your relationship with Jesus, so you get up and you have your quiet time, but it feels like it's just drudgery and it's a routine and it's a part of just what you have to do. No, no, no. He wants to connect with you in a relational way, and you have to believe. If you understand how it works, you have to believe. He wants to be in your presence, and he wants you to be in his presence. Second is this, invite. Invite. James 4.8 says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. When was the last time you invited him in? Invite him in to your home. Invite him in 
to your decisions that you're making at work. Invite him into work itself. Invite him into your tasks, your relationships. Invite him into your, your parenting decisions. Invite him into your marital decisions. Invite him into your conversation. When was the last time you invited his presence in? Because that's what we're looking for, is his presence. You know what I'm talking about, where you've walked into a place. Sometimes that's what you experience here. Man, I love when I walk in, and I love just being in church. And you experience his presence it's not like it just lives here. This is not the Old Testament where it was the tabernacle and temple and that was the only place God's presence resided. He is with you, wants to be with you. You can invite him in on your commute, which many of you don't commute anymore. Okay? Your commute from your bedroom to your second room where now your computer is set up okay, and you're working from. Invite him in. And you can experience his presence in your every day. Invite him in. Maybe, maybe create space, understanding what that looks like. Not, not just praying over a meal, but being intentional. Actually being intentional to create space with God on, on, on a daily basis in our relationship with him, engaging with him. You see, you, you have to understand and recognize that it's intentionality that is the antidote to normality. You get tired of being in the normal rat race, the routine over and over. Well, it's intentionality that will break that. That's why we do what we do when we do something like prepare. When we do something like prepare, what are we doing? We're intentionally setting aside three nights to go. We are going to intentionally pray and fast and seek God's prep. Be in his presence. And I know what you're already doing. You're looking at the dates and going, Oh, man, well, I, I can't make it because I got this and I got that. And I got well, and then you wonder, God, I want to be in your presence. But we're too busy. We're more busy now than we've ever been before. Unless you break the cycle and you're intentional. I'm not talking about if you've got a, a, a work trip or things like that that you don't have control over. They're already scheduled, you know. I'm talking about the first thing you look at is you're going, oh, I see those dates. And, and, and 6 o'clock, oh, well, I just, I can't do it. No, no, no. If you want something different, you're going to have to do different. There's going to be a measure of intentionality that you go, I'm doing whatever it takes. I'm not just coming to 7 o'clock. You know what? Pray. Pray for 45 minutes before a sermon. Okay, man, Jesus must be coming back soon because I'm going to do whatever it takes to be here at 6 o'clock and pray. And experience God's presence. Fast? Like not eat? What is that? What is he talking about? He's crazy. He's crazy. I mean, like, I, I mean, I, I, you, you, you crossed the line, Pastor Chris. You're asking me not to eat, okay? Fast and pray and seek God intentionally. What are you doing? You're creating space. You're creating space going, God, I want to give more of myself to you to intentionally meet and connect with you so that I can grow and experience your presence in my life. Because another way that it works is when we gather, you experience God's presence when we gather. That's what you experience on a weekend, oftentimes. But that's what you also experience in moments like prepare, when we do fall retreat or the spring retreat or whatever it is for our students and other things we do throughout the year. We gather together. Why is that so important? Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. You see, when we gather together, we pray, we encourage, we worship which is another way in which it works, praise. I've been thinking about this and just thinking about at some point throughout this year, probably doing a little series on praise and worship and what that looks like. 
And don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that you have to praise and worship a specific way. But you walk in here, depending on your heritage and your background, you walk in here and you're like, man, okay, you know, I like the music at the beginning. I like the song. It's more than songs. It's more than music. It's declaring who God is. You walk in and maybe you've been in this environment for a long time or maybe you just came in and you saw people raising their hand. You're like, is that lady on the platform singing? Is she going to call on them? Do they have a question? Yes, you next. Okay, what, what, why are they raising their hand? Well, God's word says lift holy hands unto the Lord. Praise God. Lift a joyful note. It's not about how well you sing. It's about saying, God, you are good and you are faithful. And so when I come in here, it's not about the music or the songs or who's on the platform. It's about declaring how good God is. And when I begin to do that and I praise and I begin to worship, what happens? I experience his presence. It says that he inhabits the praises of his people. Praise. Praise. Now, now listen. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not, you know, going to be up front looking. Okay, who's raising their hand? Who listened last week? Who didn't? Who's, and, you know. I mean, it's not about that. It's not, it's about a posture of the heart, but I will tell you this. When you really understand and experience God's presence in your life and you're truly desperate for him and you recognize who he is to you, you can't help but declare. You want to know how I know that? It's not because we have a praise and worship problem. We have a focus challenge when it comes to what we put our praise on. Because look, like I just got done talking about bowl season, we praise a lot of things. We'll jump, shout, yell. We'll paint our face. We'll act crazy. We'll post things on social media when our sports team or whatever it is. I mean, look, there are cowboy fans all over just praying, believing, just seeking. You may even be in here today just seeking God's presence that the Cowboys will beat the Giants so they can make the playoffs, okay? So we know. He's a miracle worker. It could happen. <laughs> Let's see. Lord, help them. Them boys, they need you. We know how to praise. Ah, it's just not me. It's not my personality, Pastor Chris. I don't, look, I, I could go on this all day, all night. I mean, I, I, I'm telling you, that's why I, I'm going to do a series on it to help us understand what does it look like where we really engage. What happens is when we do that, it impacts the atmosphere. Why? Because what we're experiencing is God's presence. Not a great song, not a volume level, not a certain person singing. It's God's presence. We experience it and it transforms us. But here's the last thing, is obey. The way God's presence works is when we obey him. John 14, 21 says, those who accept my commands, commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. You may feel like, well, I'm not really experiencing God's presence, Pastor Chris. Here's what I would tell you and here's what I would tell people often. Or here's what I would ask you and here's what I ask people often. What was the last thing God asked you to do? And the real question is, have you done it? You see, God speaks to us, and he's asking, and when we walk in obedience, he reveals. What does it say? I reveal myself to each of them. When you do what I've asked you to do, it, it could be, you know, hey, God asked me last year, honestly, to be intentional about praying with my spouse before I went to bed, or God asked me to do this or that, or God asked me to be more involved and engaged in, in inviting people, reaching people, inviting them to church, or sharing what God's done in my life, or maybe be more involved at church, or maybe more intentional with my children. What was it that God asked you to do that you've yet to do? If you're wondering, why do I not feel his presence? Maybe 
You haven't been walking in obedience to what he last asked you to do. You see, my prayer for you is in 2021 and 22 and 23 and 24 and the rest of your life. It's the same desire and prayer for myself. More of his presence in my life. And I, and I think of it this way. As we get ready for the new year, as we get ready for prepare next Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, intentionally setting aside time and creating space, fasting and praying and being in his presence, moving things around to ensure that we're here for that. I think of it like swimming. I had my little one, Willow, ask me actually yesterday. She's like, Dad, I want to go swimming. I want to go to the pool. I'm like, it's freezing outside. Are you crazy? We live right next to the pool, so they see it all the time. They're ready to go. And I think about what it looks like to learn to swim. You see, the more you learn, the more you swim, the more comfortable you feel. Most people who don't like swimming, one of two things. One is either they've had a traumatic experience and they're afraid of drowning, or two, they're just not familiar with it. So because you're not familiar with it, like swimming, you just kind of hold on to the side. But it isn't until you let go of the wall and you just kind of push in and you start swimming do you really learn what it looks like to swim. That's what I want for you when it comes to experiencing God's presence. You can accumulate all the information, do all the Bible studies you want, have all the read through the Bibles and the app on the Bible app, You want all of it, it's awesome, do it all, it's good for you. But until you just kind of push away from the wall of gathering information and knowledge and experience his presence yourself, you're not going to experience the transformational power of his presence in your life like you could. But you can. Today, tomorrow, this year, and for the rest of your life. And that's my prayer for us, is that you would be overwhelmed with experiencing God's presence in your life.